Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So today I want to talk about something that um, we're dealing with dreams, and um, I'm gonna, I, I haven't forgot about Timothy, 2 Timothy, but we're just going to go with um, the flow of the Lord. So, Father, I thank you for anointing me afresh. Um, I speak not as a mere man, but as the mouthpiece of God. And I give your name glory and honor. I thank you for that anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. And, Father, I thank you for leading us and guiding us. And you're so very um, gracious. And I thank you for loving on the members of KLM. Thank you for loving on people who look at our broadcasts and are blessed and encouraged. And so, Father, I, I step into those anointings that you've called me to. And I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance of the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. I thank you for granting to me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance. I pray, Father, think through my mind, speak through my lips, and I thank you. I connect my tongue to my spirit, and I speak with clarity, with precision, and with a boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So um, we're still talking about dreams. How many got some dreams? Let me see your hands. All right. Uh, that's pretty good. Some of y'all don't have some dreams. Okay. We need to, need to work on some dreams. Um, I want to talk about the war on your dreams. The war on your dreams. Um, there is a war on your God-given dreams. And um, I, I'm going to expound on that. Let's say if your dreams are not directly from the Lord, but it is to bless you and bless your family and somewhat bless the human race, you still have an enemy that's going to fight against you. I've seen it in both in the church and in the body of Christ, as well as in the world, that when somebody decides to do what's right, there is obstacles set up against them. Have you ever noticed that? Whether it is somebody who is saved or somebody who's not a believer, but if they set up in their hearts to do what is right or to walk or to benefit their lives, then there's going to be some type of opposition. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. If somebody says, you know, don't know Jesus, but oh, I want to go to school. I want to, you know, do better, make my life better. I want to empower myself. I, I, I don't want to be um, in this, um, the, the way my life is. And the moment they go to do that, it's like all hell breaks loose. So whether you're saved or you're not, if you make a decision to do what's good for your life, you're going to have obstacles. And I think sometimes us believers, sometimes we think the obstacles are, are the, the war is only against us, but it actually can affect the, the unbelievers. Yeah. And so um, you, you, you have to just get up in your heart and your mind that, that you're going to do it. And I've seen people not save decide to rise up and they're going to 
I love the sound. Ryan is doing a great job. He's, he's cheering me on. He's preaching. He's like, you better preach. <laughs> preach, pastor. Um, when you gonna dedicate me? That's another story. <laughs> Give me some money for being born. <laughs> um, and so we, we, we are to, um, I, I've just seen it over the years, how people have overcome. So you have people for, um, people who survived cancer and they're not saved and they have a fighting spirit and they're able to overcome it. Don't you know God is with them or helping them? Even if they don't belong to Jesus, that God so loved the world, you know, so it's not only the believers, but he loves the world. So anytime somebody wants to defeat uh, diabetes or defeat some type of illness or poverty or make a, a boss move, as some will say, I, I, the Lord is going to, he wants to bless people. I don't think, I think we need to, and, and I'm going to talk about us as the body of Christ, but, but when you see somebody doing good, saving us, save, we should rejoice. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You see a country doing better than us, we should rejoice. And so Acts chapter 10, we're going to come to John 10 in a minute, but Acts chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> Acts chapter 10, a familiar scripture. A lot of these are familiar. Verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power. How many thank God that Jesus is anointed? Yes. Amen. Now, this is more specifically dealing with his humanity because God doesn't need to be anointed. Um, Christ is the anointed one. And so we see Jesus both as our, ex our substitute and our example. And so when we see him ministering, he's not ministering as the son of God. He's actually ministering as a as a man anointed by God, as the son of man. Luke 4 says, he often will preach, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. And so God doesn't need to be anointed. His, his divinity did not need to be anointed, but his humanity did. And so he is our example. It says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, speak of his humanity, and um, it goes on, it says, with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing what? Good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So your dreams should be about making goodness or causing good to come upon hum the human race, who went about doing good, and, and we, ne we need to do good. Everybody say, I'm anointed to do good. I'm anointed to do good. My, dreams My dreams include doing good. Include doing good. Amen. 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 Let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. These two verses are not in my notes. They just came up as I was talking about how God does bless people who are not saved. Um, back, um, the young PD back in the high school days will would not have agreed with that, um, that, that philosophy in a sense because, or that truth. But I just kind of have an understanding that God is after blessing the human race. And if, if, if he does not, if he cannot bless them for eternity, he'll bless them as much as he can on this side. Even on their way to hell, he'll, he will try his best to empower them and make least, if, they, if this is the only heaven they'll ever have, He'll still be good to them. You know, you know God is good to the saved and unsaved. 
Come on, come on. Let's, 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 and I'm not preaching the gospel of inclusion. I'm just trying to let you see the goodness of God on his creation. God is good to his creation. Amen. Amen. He's not father to every created being, but he is the God who created them. He's the creator. So verse 10 says, so then we, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to who? Everyone. To everyone. We need to be doing good to everyone. It goes on as especially to those who are of the household of faith. So if you do good, do good to everybody, but especially to believers. Amen. Amen. Um, and so the war on your dreams, John chapter 10, verse 10, I need you to see it. I know you know it by heart, but let's go over there. Let's look, let's put our eyes on these verses. You know, there's something to be said when we see scriptures with our very own eyes. It has a greater registration on our hearts if we just hear it. So when you see it and hear it, it puts a, 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 almost like a permanent um, implant or a permanent mark on your heart. So you need to look at these things. Don't just quote the scripture. Sometimes open it up and look at it. John chapter 10, verse 10. And we know that Jesus is talking about that he's the good shepherd. He's actually talking about um, religious people trying to come in another way, trying to create another way to get into the kingdom of God. And the thief is indirectly talking about Satan, but more directly talking about those who are trying to get into the fold another way, of those who are trying to declare that they, there's another way into the kingdom of God. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and life more abundantly or have it abundantly. So we see the thief indirectly, speaking of Satan, he comes, he has a threefold purpose. Satan will always steal, kill, and destroy. Sin will always steal, kill, and destroy. Always. It, it, when sin gets finished with you, it's going to bring forth death and separation. Um, sin in your finances, sin in your body, sin in your mind, sin in your marriage, sin in your singleness, sin in your education, sin in your careers. Whatever sin reigns, Satan uses sin to reign over the human race to fulfill these threefold purposes. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there is a war on your God-given dreams. There's a war on the dreams that God has birthed inside of you. Perhaps it's to have that business or perhaps it's to make that boss move. Perhaps it's to, to, to have that family. Whatever your dreams include, that there is a war on those dreams. First Peter chapter five. Let's go over there. First Peter chapter five. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> There's a, there's a war to stopping that, those dreams from coming to pass. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says, be sober minded. I mean, no, we, we don't need to be drunk with wine or with alcohol, but, or be drunk with power or lust or pride, but we need to be sober minded. You can, you can get, you can get drunk off of anything. You can get drunk off of your humanity. You can get drunk off of your flesh, but it says be sober minded. You need to, your mind needs to be alert. Yes. Amen. You need to you need to keep your mind intact. Don't let the enemy play in your mind. You know, um, just the, 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 the realm of faith um, can be won if you if you win in your mind. 
And so we need to be sober-minded. We need to know what's happening around us. It says, and be watchful. Sometimes it's good to pray and watch, right? You need to watch physically and to watch spiritually. What's happening in your life? Some people don't know what's going on in their lives. What's going on in your life with your dreams? Be sober-minded and, and, and be watchful. Your adversary, you do have an adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So the enemy is seeking someone to take advantage of. Whether you're saved or unsaved, the enemy wants to have you. And he wants to destroy, and we're specifically talking about the dreams that God has given you. First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's go over there. We see there's something um, very interesting here as it relates to the Apostle Paul. I believe Apostle Paul is um, what, what a pastor should be like, what an apostle should be like, what a man or a woman of God should be like, a servant of God. And yet we see, let's look at start verse 17. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavor the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. I do believe that God placed a desire in the apostles Paul's heart to see the people of God in Thessalonica, Thessalonica to, to face to face. I know we have streaming services and we have YouTube, but it can never replace in-person ministry. Amen. So face to face. So back in the day, it would have been like when he's writing letters, it's like he's on YouTube. But yet there was something that was happening. You can't receive a spiritual impartation um, by watching someone on television or YouTube. Verse 18. Now, you can receive wisdom and the Holy Ghost could speak to you and, and put some desires in your heart, but that there's nothing like the actual in-person laying on hands and in the presence. Of, amen. Verse um, 18, because we wanted to come to you, I believe that was a dream that God placed in the Apostle Paul. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan, what? Hindered us. It is possible for Satan to hinder the people of God. As anointed as we are, and as much authority that God has given us, there is an enemy of our souls and an enemy of our dreams that can be hindered. There is a, a waging, raging war against your dreams. The moment you walk towards it, you can expect to see Satan and his imps coming against the dreams that God has placed in your heart. And it goes on and says, for what is our hope and our joy and crown and of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? It is not you. And it goes on for you are our glory and joy. So we see that scriptures that Satan actually hindered. Was he able to keep them hindered? Absolutely not. But there was a time where he did hinder or stop the will of God being accomplished. I think sometimes people in some circles, they will allocate that everything that happens is the will of God. 
but it's not. There is a will of Satan and there's the will of humanity. So it takes not only the will of God, but you, you, you have to position yourself and you got to be aware that there is an enemy who will try to stop you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six. Passage of scripture that's often referred to as the passage dealing with spiritual warfare. And how I many know spiritual warfare is real? Um, I, I, I have a thing against um, false spiritual warfare. <laughs> and and I, I think that there is, if all your prayers are ever, you're binding everything that you, when you pray, you're not doing prayer right. Every time you pray, you're supposed to be talking to the Father and you, you're talking to Satan most of the time when you pray. There is a problem. I don't see Jesus doing this. And I've never seen Jesus go around Jerusalem, say, let's pull down the strongholds in Jerusalem. I, I'm going to pull down the strongholds. I'm going to take authority. One way to pull down the strongholds is go preach the gospel. Go and do some acts of kindness. Go look for some doors open. That, that's how you want to destroy. And, and he tells us, um, husbands to, to love our, their wives and wives to submit to their husbands, for parents to lead their kids, for kids to obey. That's one of the powerful ways to resist the enemy. If you just do what's right, you are resisting the enemy. You are rebuking him. You are binding him through your obedience. And I think, and I believe in taking authority and saying those things, but I believe that a lot of people have majored on that than their obedience. And so we're talking about the war on your dreams. It could be a lack of disobedience, a lack of obedience. And so we need to pay attention as he goes into the whole armor of God. Part of that was being doing right by your employees, employers, doing right by your spouse, doing right by your children. He did not take that away. And then all of a sudden he decided to focus on the armor of God and tell you to go bind everything. That said, you need to bind the enemy with your words. It goes on, it says, uh, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Some people are strong, more strong in their binding than they are in the Lord. Um, if, you, if, you, if, if you worn out from all your binding, then you're doing it out of your own strength. Be strong in the Lord. In other words, rest in Christ. Understand that Jesus already fought the enemy. Our fight is not against the enemy. Um, we fight the good fight of faith, which we'll talk about. Uh, we are resting, we're, we're resting in the finished work of the cross. We're resting in the, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be, it says, be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength, uh, with the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We know that that, that, that um, there is a, a, an attack against us and the devil uses schemes to get us. For we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
Notice what the scripture says. It says, verse 13, therefore take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many know what is the evil day? The day the evil visits your house. That's the evil day. The day the enemy comes against your dreams. That's the evil day. We have an enemy warring against our, the will of God for our lives. If the Lord gives you a dream, you have to realize there is a raging war against what the Lord has placed in your heart for you to fulfill. The enemy is afraid of what's on the inside of you. He's afraid of that dream. Uh, when we talk about dreams, we're talking about those goals and, 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 and those desires that's from the Lord. What has God placed in your heart? What are you destined for? Glory to God. The devil isn't just concerned about getting you into sin. Uh, that, that's, that, that's, that's low level. I mean, you get you in sin, he'll mess you up. But get you for, to stop you from fulfilling your dreams, he'll mess up a whole lot of more people. Because your dreams should include the Great Commission and other people. So he'll, he'll, he'll take you down, take your little family down, and, and, but he'll stop. The, the greater thing that's in you. Yeah. Hey, amen. What, what's that greater vision and, and that, that thing that's going to affect from generations to come? The thing that will cause you to make an impact into a generation. I do believe that our dreams should be bigger than our families. That, that I believe that the dreams that God has given us should be bigger than our little world. It should impact the world somehow. Big dreams is always related to a big God. And then some of us are dreaming too small. We, we don't think big enough. With God, there are no small plans. Come on. God, God has the world on his mind. He wants to bless a bunch of people through your life, through your finances, through your prayers, through your obedience. I, I know the people say, well, I'm called to this small group, but who knows in that small group who God may be raising up that will affect generations after you. So God is a big God and he wants us to dream big. I, 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 I challenge and encourage you and inspire you by the anointing of God to dream big for God. What is it that God has placed inside of your heart to be that entrepreneur, to be that husband, that wife, to be that mom and that father, to be that school teacher, to be that administrator? What has God placed on your life, that, that nurse, that doctor? What is it that God has apprehended you for? What is it that he called you out of darkness into the light, not just to be saved? If it's just getting saved, then you should die as soon as you get born again. But, but, but that he has something greater. And there's a dream that he's birthed inside of you. Now, some of y'all, I know y'all haven't realized your dreams. Because if you have, you, then you should, it should wake you up in the morning. It should, it should cause you to, to think bigger. I mean, to, to get out of debt as fast and quickly as you can so that God can call upon you for you to do your dreams, for you to get that education that will equip you to fulfill that dream. You don't just go to school to make more money. Actually, some people have defiled that 
that way of thinking that, you know what, I'm just going to not go to school and, and work on my business and have made more money than the, you know, those with the PhDs. So it's not just school. Knowledge is not power. It's applied knowledge that, that's power. And if we could, if, if we, the devil is not afraid of you hearing the word, he's a friend, afraid of you applying the word. If he can get you to, to not do anything out of this message, he got you. Amen. He got you. So you, you got, you gotta, you gotta move on your, your dreams. You gotta work on them and, and that, that, that God given dream. So the devil wants to, you to abort the plan of God, which includes the dreams he has placed in your heart. And notice I said dreams, plural. We're made stewards over the dreams the Lord has given us. It is your responsibility to fulfill the dreams that God has placed inside of your heart. And what we have done is I didn't have the right opportunities. So what? It's not about your right opportunities. It's about how aggressive. It's, 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 a, it's about how someone will say your grit to go after it. Come on. You, 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 you cannot blame other people for your dreams not being fulfilled. Well, they stopped me. That's just an excuse. What did you do about it? We're made stewards over the dreams that God has given us. Your dreams are birthed in, in you from the Lord. Not all your dreams. Now, let's not get it twisted. I mean, to, to, to steal somebody's husband or steal somebody's wife, that's not a, that's not a God-given dream. That's a flesh-driven dream. That's a, someone to destroy a home. That's not a God-given dream. Um, to, to do something contrary to the word of God is not a God-given dream. So, so we're not talking about just you thinking about some things that you want to do, but you're getting with the Lord. God will not, listen to this, God will not give you a dream or put a dream in your heart if he did not have every intention of bringing it to pass. But you have to build your faith in God and in yourself to achieve it. That's Terry Savoy Foy. God would not give you a dream or put a dream in your heart if he did not have every intention of bringing it to pass. But you have to, have, you have to build your faith in God and in yourself to achieve it. What is it that God has placed on the inside of you? What do you see when you close your eyes? What causes your blood to rise? Not talking about the people getting on your nerves, but I'm, I'm talking about what, what is in your heart. You have to believe in the dreams that God has given you. You must be the first partaker of the dreams, whatever it is. Um, you have to believe that he will bring it to pass. You have to believe in yourself, contrary to popular belief that in the religious circles, they, oh, just believe in God, believe in God. But to believe in God is to believe in oneself. That my faith in God affects me believing in myself, the ability to do it. Um, so you got to believe in yourself. Say, I believe in myself. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I believe in myself. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I believe in myself. So you got to believe in your dreams too. You got to believe in your dreams. <clears throat> Do you believe in your dreams? Sometimes people want people to sponsor their dreams, other people to sponsor their dreams, but you must be the one to invest in your dreams before anybody else. You got to be the one to, to think about it and talk about it and, 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 and to see the need for your dream. And you got to believe that you're able to accomplish it. You got to see yourself actually doing the thing that you dream of. 
Let's talk about this real quick. Doubt is a thief of your dreams. It is a, a weapon that the enemy uses to get us to doubt our dreams. And, and so if you doubt your dreams, if you don't think that it's going to happen, it probably won't happen. Genesis 37, let's go over there. Let's talk about the man, Joseph. Genesis 37, the war on, I'm talking about the war on your dreams. Genesis 37, let's look at verses three through 11. It says this, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of any other any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. He had made him a robe of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he had told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we are Binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my chef, uh, my chef, uh, chef uh, arose and stood up right. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my chefs. And his brothers said to him, "Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us?" So they hated him even more for his what, and for his. Then he dreamed another dream. And told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bound down to me. And when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I, shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the sin in his mind. We see here that Joseph was already hated because of the love of his father. Um, as much as I don't like, I, I hate when preachers talk about haters, right? It's just, I think it's, it's, oh, it's too much. People talk a lot about haters, the haters, the haters, the haters. But there is true, it's true that you have some haters. You got some people who hate you just for your existence. So they hated him, one, because the love of his father and if you're free, you're free in Jesus, you're going to have some haters. People don't like to see other people free. If they're bound up with sin and they're not living right and they're not pursuing the will of God, you're going to have people hating on them. On, okay, let's look at this. His dreams were real dreams from the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will give you a dream while you are asleep because he can't get you, get, he can't speak to you when you're awake. And so God gave Joseph a dream. Whether you are awake or asleep, the Lord can and will put a dream in your heart. Joseph had a dream to rule over his brothers and his parents. And sometimes we don't always understand our dreams. Uh, sometimes it, 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 they may be weird to other people, but be careful about how you share your, who you share your dreams with. You cannot always share what's in your heart, just like you can always take your clothes out in front of everybody. So don't talk, don't, don't share your heart. It's like taking your, your, your more, most intimate um, existence into, with somebody else. You don't share your dreams with everybody. And, and, and people don't understand. So be careful about sharing your dreams. They don't, people don't always understand what, what God has placed in your heart. I believe the number one. So, so we see from Joseph that God placed this dream in his heart, actually in his sleep. And it was, of course, it was God's will. 
and and now it's, I know it's like a vision and so forth, but it's also a, it was a desire of his to rule. And you don't even know why you may be ruling over some or have a desire to rule over a situation. But sometimes we don't understand the fullness of God's will and how our dream is connected to God's ultimate dream. It, your dream should never be detached from God's dream for humanity. It should be in sync with it. It should be an overflow, the overflow of his dream. Glory to God. Um, and so I believe right here, let me, let me help you. I believe the number one enemy of your dreams is distractions. Um, distractions come in many forms of such as opportunities. Uh, just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean it's God. Don't be led by opportunities. Just because right now I have, uh, India is calling me and wanting me to come, but I recognize it is not the time for me to go to India right now. Jamaica is calling me, for real. And I, it's not the time to go to Jamaica to preach the gospel. So I have to be selective with all the opportunities that are coming my way. And you have to be a good steward over the of what God's called you to. It may be a job making more money, but will it pull you away? Because your time is more valuable than your money. And if the devil can eat your time, he can eat your dream. So if you are consumed with a job more than the dream of God, then you can, you'll find yourself distracted. Um, another um, distraction or another form of, of distraction is fear. Being afraid to do what God has placed in your heart. Fear will paralyze you. Fear to step out and do what the Lord has called you to do. Don't be afraid. You know, sometimes people say, do it afraid. No, do it in faith. Because yeah. fear will set you up for a failure. So we don't do it out of fear. We do it out of faith. Pride is also a form of distraction. You smell yourself a little bit and you think you're all of that. Um, you you got to be careful. Procrastination is a form of distraction. Let's talk about emotions. Sometimes we don't have emotional intelligence. We don't, have to, we don't know how to manage, manage our own emotions. So therefore, they become a distraction. But this is one that we also got to look at. People. People can be one of your number one distractions. So whether through social media or what, you know, you got to be aware of people. People. If your dream will bless people and help, to, help them to come to Christ, you better believe there is a war raging against it. So I want to speak to you real brief, give you four points and let you go home. How to win the war on your dreams. How to win the war on your dreams. The first one is, is going to, we're going to get it from Matthew. Let's go over Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. The war on your dreams. Matthew 14, let's look at verses 29. Um, look at verse 29 through 32. It says, and he said, come. Well, we know verse, you know, Peter, Jesus was walking on the water. Let's just start with 27. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. You know, it was at nighttime and he had told them to go ahead and go on the bus. I mean, on the bus, on the ship 
and on a boat, and he decided to um, go do some other things, and then he he wanted to just walk on water to them. And verse twenty seven says, "But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, they were fear.' It says, "It is I." Um, we have many opportunities to be afraid. I believe the word, the phrase fear not is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. So there's a fear not for every day that you live. Fear not. God does not honor fear. He honors faith. Like Benita said, when we were given, we don't give out of fear. We give out of faith, give out of love. And so there's enough faith to conquer each fear for the day. Fear not. Verse 28, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. All right, and so verse 29, and he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. It's too much walking. Uh, Walked on the water and came to Jesus. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, what was under his feet was the word come. He had a word for what he was doing. Sometimes people want to walk on the water, and they say, I'm going to walk on the water and the swimming pool, and they fall because they don't have a word. You got to have a word to walk on. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worship him, and truly you're the son of God. So the first way to win the war on your dreams is to become focused. The moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus is the moment he began to sink. You will not fulfill your dreams if you don't focus. You got to have some kind of focus. There were, there were things, there are things that will get you distracted and off the path. Peter kept his, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk in faith on the word come. You have to get your eyes on the will of God for your life. And that is how you get your eyes on Jesus. I think sometimes when we hear, get your eyes on Jesus, we, I think people are thinking about what he looks like physically. But getting your eyes on Jesus is to get your eyes on his word and what his will is for your life. So if you're focused on the will of God for your life, you got your eyes on Jesus. If you got your eyes on your holiness, you got your eyes on Jesus. If you got your eyes on your faith, you got your eyes on Jesus. So what has your focus? Don't waver on your faith when it comes to your dreams. You got to get focused. What is in your heart? Now, if you're not sure if your dreams are from the Lord, then you test your dreams. You you pray and ask the Lord to remove desires from your heart. Ask the Lord to give you the right dreams. And once you know it's, it's you know it's from the Lord, then keep your eyes on the dream. What is the dream that God has given you? What has God placed on, on the inside of you? What is in your heart? It may be something that you don't have a template for. Maybe you're a blaze trailer, right? You, you're trail, trailing the blaze with, with uh, the other way around, right? Um, you got it. 
Um, so you, you got to see that even if you don't have a, an example, the Lord gave you the blueprint in your spirit. Just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean that it's, it can't be done. And I think sometimes that we, we get frustrated because we don't see a model. We, we think that we have to go get a mentor to get something done that perhaps there's not a mentor for. Maybe you don't have access to it. Maybe there are people who can give you nuggets along the way how they fulfill their dream, but perhaps you have to get with God. Not perhaps, but you have to get with God for God to give you the blueprint. What is it? I'm seeing this, but I don't know how. God has all wisdom. He is wisdom and he will, will help you. Number two, um, you got to fight the good fight of faith. First. Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says we are called to fight the good fight of faith. The only fight that you and I are called to fight is the good fight of faith. And so you got to stand firm as 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9 says, to stand firm in faith. So keep the good fight of faith. At all times, you got to stay in faith, keeping the switch of faith on. That I'm not going to get off of this that I'm not going to stop moving. Even if it's, how do you, you know, read a 800 page book, one chapter at a time. How do you read the one chapter? You got to read one sentence at a time. So you got to walk towards it every day. You fight the good fight of faith. If you're not walk, working on your dreams every day, then how do you expect the dreams to come to pass? You got to be, you got to make a move every day towards your dream. Whether it's to get some education about the area that God has called you to. Number three, the first one is to become focused. Number two, fight the good fight of faith. Number three, stay in expectancy. Stay in expectancy. Proverbs chapter 10, real quick, you got to see this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28 says this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28 says, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The word hope is expectation. So when we say that I'm in hope, you're not hoping in a wishing. You are in expectation. So as Christians, we should constantly be in expectation for our dreams to be fulfilled. We should be expecting, just like you know, you expect an email, or expect a physical letter. You expect to be paid on a certain day. You expect, come on, you're expecting something. That's what hope is all about. You know, you got to keep your expectation out there. I'm expecting, you know, things to line up. And last but not least, you got to prophesy your dreams into existence. Um, Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's look at this real quick. You know, you're familiar. Daniel actually made mention of it last week. Ezekiel chapter 37, one through five. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought, and he brought me out in, in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the middle of the valley and was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, they, there were many of the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord, you know. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter in and you shall 
live. Prophesy. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I and as I prophesied, there was a sound, behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Notice the Lord didn't do it until he says something. You know, you can walk with the Lord and he'll not let one word fall to the ground that comes out of your mouth. One word of faith. Um, prophecy is the speaking forth of the mind in the counsel of God. And it has a threefold purpose. Prophecy is to encourage, to edify, and to comfort. In the New Testament, we're not to receive prophetic words for instruction. So if somebody gives you a prophetic word, it should not be specific in telling you what to do. That's not, a, that's not biblical prophecy. Um, I, I never forget this. A woman of God told me years ago, be careful going to people's churches and, and prophesying them into the ministry. You don't know their character. You don't know their pastor knows them better than you do. And you might be prophesying. They might be an adulterous relationship and you prophesying them into ministry. God never calls somebody who doesn't know somebody out of blue prophesy to them about ministry. You don't know that joker. You don't know that woman. So why, be careful about that. It, pro, the simple gift of prophecy does not give instruction. You should do X, Y, and Z. If somebody comes with you and give you such a word, bring it to your pastor and let us judge it. Forget about it. You know, somebody have a dream about you. Okay, you had a dream. So what? Dream good dreams about me. You know, like we're not to, as, as important prophecy is, we're not to be led by prophecies. And so don't, don't live on a prophecy. And I, I feel like I, this has been my everlasting message and, um, since I started preaching about preaching, because I see too many people living on prophecy. I'll never forget there's a young lady. Um, she had to be 12, and the Lord, um, some, well, the, the lady, somebody prophesied to her that she was going to be a pastor. And for about 12 years, she held on to that thing. And she, she's not a pastor. 12 years, she's shaped her whole life. This is why it's important that you that be careful of who prophesied over our kids. It's dangerous to prophesy over teenagers. It's dangerous to prophesy over little kids. Be very careful about that. And if, if God's going to speak to anybody, he's going to speak to the parents. Right? Before they speak to somebody else, I, I'm, I'm, that's my kid. I, I, I know insight that you don't know of. And so I'm not going to build my whole, the whole kid's life on a prophetic word. No, I'm going to build it on the word, the real prophecy. So they can have a sure foundation. And if they get in the word, they'll have a word for their lives. And so we, we, we're, prophecy has a threefold purpose. It to bring, sometimes somebody give you a word and it brings fear, not of God, right? Even when the apostle Paul, they told, um, you know, um, there was a, a, a prophet that says, you know, the person who has this cloth, who owns this great danger is here. It, 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 it's okay, I'm, I'm walking in the right direction. It, it, it didn't bring fear. Prophecy should never bring fear. It's encouragement, edification, and comfort. So when somebody, when, when prophetic prophecy goes forth, it should bring some type of encouragement, some type of edification, and some kind of comfort. It is the counter attacks, or it, it's a counter, it counters the attacks of the enemy. 
So what the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, prophecy brings encouragement, edification, and comfort. It does the very opposite of what the enemy does. When prophecy is employed, you will become unstoppable. Your mouth is the instrument to bring forth this powerful weapon against the war on your dreams. Prophesy your dreams into existence. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So it's going to have the finished work of the cross behind it. It will win the war <coughs> against your dreams every time. <coughs> if you can speak the word of God, both written and prophetically, you can win every time. Your words form your reality. Let that sink in a little bit. If you ever heard me preach, you know, I, I don't ever drink <clears throat> water while I preach. <laughs> but I need to. So many people don't believe it and they don't even act upon it. Your words form your reality. Your words form your reality. You are today everything that you said and believe yesterday. Your words. Tongues are words. And your, your native utterance are words too. Words are powerful. I, I, I just don't think people believe that. War over your dreams with the word of the Lord, with the word of God. Speak your future into existence. What the Lord has placed in your heart. Let me give you an example of this. This just happened, all right? You know, I just got back from France and uh, um, it was wonderful. January of this year, 2023, I was at a conference in Texas. And in this conference, a lady by the name of Terry Savelle Foy, Jerry Savelle's daughter, um, I went to Kenneth Copeland's conference, and then he has a minister's conference. And then Jer um, Terry usually has a conference at the end of the conference. It's two days. So I decided to go. So I went. <coughs> I was excited to be there. And she talked about having this women's conference in France. And, and when she said, as I was leaving the conference, I declared out of my mouth, I'm going to preach in France. I said it. And I think I might have said it one more other time. Let's, say, let's be nice. Let's say I said it three times. But I said it in faith. I'm going to preach in France in January. Nine months later, the manifestation of what I said came to pass. Nine months later. I didn't say it every day. I didn't confess it every day. I said it three times, but I said it in faith. I heard her say that. I went, France was not even on my radar. And when she said it, something leaped, leaped on inside of me. I said, I want to preach in France. And I said, you know what? I'm going to preach. And I declared it. I'm going to preach in France. I'm going to preach in France. I'm going to preach in France. Nine months later, it manifested. Just got an invitation to come back in March. You can prophesy your future. 
Um, I remember I was a youth pastor um, at Agape Family Worship Center, and I remember coming to Agape, and at the time they had a youth director, and him and I got good friends, and then he did a sabbatical. And then all of a sudden, um, I, I didn't really know Pastor Powell that well at the time, and I began to, it was just in my heart that I was going to preach at Agape. And we were in a little school building, a couple of services, and I began to say, I'm going to preach. He's going to call me and preach. I would tell my aunt at the time who was living with us, and I began to say, I'm going to preach at Agape. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And about two months later, he called me up on a Sunday afternoon, said, I want you to preach for me. And I preached. And then um, I began to, and the name of the message was called Victory Over the Flesh. And uh, well, he was preaching a series called Victory Over the Flesh. And I tagged on and I talked about victory in the secret place. Still got the cassette and, um, and CD. So, and then um, a position came open. They, they didn't have the youth director anymore. And I began, I began to declare, I'm the next youth pastor. I began to say it again and again and again and again and again. I didn't say it to everybody. I said it to my aunt. I said it to other people. I said it to Courtney. And it manifested about a year and a half later. And then I began to, we, we would have events and we'd get 150 kids. And we're like, man, this is not enough. And I began to say, oh, we're going to have the next event, we're going to have 200 kids. And then it, we might have had 160. Now I would say, well, the next one, we're going to have 200 kids. And then 200 kids showed up. Then the next one, I was like, oh, the next one, we're going to have 300. And I just came back on. One day, I just said, you know what? We're going to have a full, like a, at the time, about 1,000-seater, well, 900 seats. I said, this place is going to be full of kids. And I declared it. And one day, it happened. You have what you say. You can prophesy. And I'm not talking about pulling something out of the sky, but I'm talking about saying what's in your heart. What the Lord is birthing, what is it? Instead of I'm going to do, prophesy, I am. I am a millionaire in the making. I am anointed. I am, come on. You, you can't just allocate it to the future because I will doesn't have the same effect as I am. And so you begin to declare, I am the voice of the Lord to this generation. Does that sound much better? I will be the voice. No, I am the voice. Uh, I will be rich. I am rich. I am healthy. I will be healthy. I am healthy. The God that we serve, Yahweh, means I am that I am, and we have the blank check to fill in what you want to be. So take your dreams and prophesy them into, speak to that dead, those dead dreams. And say, live, live. I will have a school. I will affect men and women all across this nation. I will speak in every nation, all 195 nations. I am, this is what I'm saying. I am the number one in demand pastor, teacher, prophet to the nations. That I got more invitations that I can handle. I have to send Daniel. That's what I said. Declare. I am in demand. My gift, my gifts, I, I change it. My gifts make room for me. And they bring me before great men and women of God. I speak to nations and they shake. I went to Uganda three times and they said, you have shaken Uganda. I was like, what did I do? <laughs> you got to declare it. 
Your dreams, what, what are they? You know, we talked about vision boards. We talk about seeing it, but you got to declare it in the name of Jesus. I, you know, um, uh, you're looking at, and, and we're praying about the direction of the Lord, but you're looking at a certified substitute teacher from the state of New Jersey right now. Just got my certificate. Do you understand that, that if I go into this position, I would declare that I have favor with students and the teachers? And listen, I applied for a teaching job last year. Did not qualify, did not have the certificate, and they hired me. And they said, well, you, it's all right, Mr. Wright. You can be a substitute. We pay you top dollar and while you work on your certification because I declare I have favor. Don't follow favor, follow the will of God. Because everywhere I go, I have favor. If I work at McDonald's, I'll rise to, to be a manager. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, like, it doesn't matter where you work at. If I'm a paper boy, and I was one, I, I rose to the top because of the favor. So it doesn't matter where you are, but you, what do you want to be at? Where do you want to be at? You know, uh, I'm going to believe God for the finances. No, I, when I was, not all the time, but I walk out to my car and I said, I call this car paid off in Jesus' name. I call this house paid off in Jesus' name. Prophesy your future, your dreams, your dreams. I'm getting out of debt quickly. I, any means necessary by the power and the grace of God. I, I, I'm getting the weight off in the name of Jesus. I'm getting my mind sharp. I'm the sharpest pastor in the world. I have the growth. One of the largest churches growing in America. Prophesied to the empty chairs. You know, the other day I was here praying late at night and, and, and I was walking the sanctuary and the Lord said, what did you, what do you see? I was like empty chairs, Lord. He said, what do you see by faith? And I say, I see multiple services in this building. I see it filled up and people are standing against the wall. Prophesy your future. Oh, well, what if God's called you to be small? Where's that in the Bible? <laughs> big God, big dreams, big faith, mega God, mega faith, mega money, mega. Come on, come on. Think bigger. The war against your dream is small mind thinking. Oh, you, you'll never do that. Oh, I don't, the older I get, the better I become. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. They'll never say, you should have heard PD back in the day. They'll say, you should hear him now. That, that's the way you got to think. You know, it doesn't matter your age. The ungodly man said, wrote a song called Aging Nothing But a Number. <laughs> he in prison now. Jesus. Um, uh, we ain't going to focus on that. But, but, but age <laughs> cannot limit the power of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you got something out of this. Amen. Uh, you heard about coming alive. It's time to live, but it's time to dream big. It's time to war over your dreams. There's a war against your dreams. Rise up. Write that out. Write them dreams out and begin to declare your dreams. I dare you to listen. This is what I do. Write down your dreams. All right. I know you got little smartphones and stuff, but old school, you get a notebook and write your dreams down and you pray in tongues over your dreams. 
This is not, when I pray in tongues, I'm praying the answers. And so I begin to say, I'll give you an example. I heard Terry say she's going to have this women's conference called Iceland, I think, um, in France. And all of a sudden, France got on my radar. That's why you got to expose yourself to other things. France got on my radar. Never thought about France in a million years. As a teenager, I used to say all the time, I'm going to travel the world, preach the gospel. And so I, 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 I began to pray in tongues. Remember words. So I am not only just, I'm not speaking nonsense, but I'm actually, and I heard this from a man of God, I'm actually honoring the words that I'm saying, even if I don't understand it. So I'm paying attention. I'm not just rattling off. No, speak out of your spirit. I'm thinking about the Lord, but I'm, I'm honoring the word, every word that's coming out of my mouth because they're not just mere utterance. They're from the Holy Ghost. And, I, and, and what I do is I flow with the mode of the spirit as I'm speaking it. So I'm not just in a, like a mantra. You know, or, or, you know, the, the, you know, saying some things in front of a mirror, but I'm actually saying things by the spirit. So I honor the spirit of God and I honor the, the, the flow of the spirit as I'm saying it. Sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow and I follow him. He can and I'm breaking, So I got my dreams and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost over my dreams. And I tell you what I do and what I did back in the day, I will walk the floor. And I begin to say, I, I am prosperous. I am healed. I am whole. I am complete. I, my mind is sharp. I'm losing this weight. I'm getting this shape. I got more money than I got month. I prophesied to my paycheck. I call these student loans debt free. I call them counsel in Jesus name. I don't get mad at the fact that they just reset it, but I, I rejoice at the fact that it's an opportunity to put the word of God on my mouth over my, my, my student loans. It's going to cost me a thousand. I'm not going to say that. I declare in the name of Jesus. I'm paying things off quickly, supernaturally. And as I speak it in the spirit over my dreams, and whatever he says to me concerning that, then I act upon it. So if you're praying over, you're speaking in the spirit over your finances, and you hear these words, get out of debt quickly. So my mind is three jobs. Get the wisdom. Lord, is it really part of your will for me to have the three jobs? Because I'll do it, and I'll do it with joy, and I'll win everybody on each job to the Lord, and I'll get them filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'll pastor them. You know, that's my mind thinking. And it may just be a simple wisdom that will come to my mind concerning what to do to get out of debt quickly. Are, are, are you with me? Yes. When you pray in the Spirit, you pray in answers. Pray answers over your dream. I don't think the Holy Ghost has been given to us so that we can quicken in church and that's it. That's right. That's right. That, 
let's let's employ him. Let's welcome him. Let's put him to work. I want to be, and I am, I put God more more to work than anybody else. (laughs) I ask for big things all the time. I pray for big things, and I confess big things. Glory to God. Glory to God. I declare in the name of Jesus, KLM is growing quickly. KLM is going, growing fast. I, we, we're, getting, we're getting our lands. We're getting our equipment. We got more help than we can employ. In Jesus' name. Come on. Your mouth. Prophesy your dreams into existence. Well, you're trying to act like God. It's better than act like the devil. <laughs> You, 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 you people, you just want to always confess it and always claim the blessings of God. The other day, I, I used to say there's 6,000 promises. I found the other day there's over 8,000 promises in God's word. And most Christians barely claim the first one. I think we're not acting like God enough. Yeah, yeah. So if Jesus spoke to the wind, I can speak to the winds in my life. I command you to cease in Jesus' name. This headache must go in Jesus' name. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this sinus infection, and I command it to dry up. Go from my body in Jesus' name. I take my medicine, and I, and I look at the word of God working while I'm doing the natural. Are you with me? Amen. Glory to God. Become focused. Fight the good fight of faith. Stay in expectancy. I expect on uh, May this year, Everybody say May. $57,000 of my student loans were forgiven just like that. Fit, that's somebody's salary. What would have took me longer in the natural, God did it just like that. God gave, got me, give me, I never asked anybody to preach at their church. I never. It's like asking to come to your house like today. I'm going to say hilarious, I'm coming over to eat. <laughs> just, just, just so disrespectful. To invite yourself into somebody's house to eat. Like, just that's that's disrespectful. So it's just like me inviting, hey, doc, if you ever need somebody, I just got an invitation. While I was in France, I declared it. Uh, I I saw this man of God standing up, and when I was in Uganda, he's from Ghana, and he had something special. I said, in the name of Jesus, I declare I'm going to preach in Ghana. While I was in France, I got an email. said, man of God, I've been looking for your number. I want to invite you to do a five-day meeting in Ghana. And in July, Lady Courtney and I are going to Ghana for five days to preach the gospel. Just like that. And then the other day, I was thinking about Canada. I said, you know, I want to preach in Canada. I've never been to Canada. I know Christina, different people who got relatives and they've been to Canada. I want to preach in Canada. So I begin to declare, I'm going to preach in Canada. I got invitations coming from Canada. Glory to God. China is calling me. Japan is, come on, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to travel to every nation of this world. Amen. I'm using this as an example to show you how to prophesy your dream. The dream has always been since I was a little boy to travel the world and preach the gospel. And when I got married, I said, I'm going to be a traveling pastor, which doesn't make sense. And then I was like, you know what? I want to plant a church in every nation. 
Then I started doing the calculation. I said, I don't have enough time. I only got 70 more years on the earth. I'm out. I don't have, I, that means I have to go to every church, I mean, every nation for like two months and then go to the next one. It's, it's impossible. But the Lord said to me, when I was thinking about like that, he says, why not believe to raise up pastors for every nation? Amen. I was like, oh, hmm. never thought about, thought about that. Um, it's in my heart to have a, a jet. And I, and I said, Lord, okay, I'm going to believe you for a jet. Then when I was, you know, you're buying tickets for France and different things, and you look at business class, it's like a couple thousand dollars. And you look at first class, it's like 13000 And I was like, this is a lot of money just to be going on a mission trip. And the Lord said to me, if you can't believe for the first class or the business class, you can't believe for a jet because it's going to cost more money. So you start out with believing for the business class, and once that manifests, then you start believing for first class. So my confession is this. I'm, I'm in demand all around the world to preach the gospel. I don't want to be around my, away from my church more than a weekend, right? That's, so I say in the name of Jesus that I, I got more speaking engagements and invitations, and when people invite me, I fly business class all the time or first class, and they put me in... The best hotels, five star, that's what I'm saying. I stay in five-star hotels. They feed me with the best food. And this is what I say. And they give me the biggest honorariums. Why not? Why should I be on suffering? Oh, God, they give me $3 for traveling across the world. Are you with me? Yeah. Did I inspire you, yeah. encourage you yeah. to prophesy your dreams into existence? Stay focused. Fight the good fight of faith. Stay in expectancy and prophesy your dreams into existence. Every eye closed, every head bow. If you hear and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I heard what you say about dreams, but I don't know this Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity to come to Jesus. You say, Pastor Dwayne, I wanna receive Christ. He is the dream. <laughs> he is the glory. He's the glory of God. He's the manifestation of God in the flesh. And if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and give your life to him and receive his finished work and apply it to your life, be bold enough to raise your hand. That's, it. That's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. The greatest miracle. And in France, I saw, I saw dozens, I was going to say hundreds, but dozens of young people and older people come to Christ. Is there one who wants to like to receive Christ? Or you can say, Pastor Dwayne, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I'm not living right, but I want, to, I want to start living right today. I want you to be bold enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to make it right with Christ. And number three, I cannot speak in tongues, but I would like to receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. Is there anyone here? Good Lord. I'm going to pray over your dreams in a minute. You can raise your heads up. I want to just tell you this quick story right quick about when I was in France. Um, so. Um, I haven't, I haven't, you know, you pr you've seen people pray for people and they get slain or fall over, overshadowed with the Holy Spirit and they fall on the ground. So I haven't had a lot of that. And sometimes people will judge you based on how, if people do courtesy drops or CDs or stuff like that, they fall. And um, or Roberts, have, I, when he prayed for thousands of people, most of them never fail. So. I gave the altar call for salvation. A lot of people came up for salvation. Then I gave the altar call for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's one lady. She came up, and when I laid my hands on her, she, um, 
she, she, she was falling. Nobody was behind her. So I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm looking like, y'all going to help me? No, they didn't help me. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm praying for her. And so I got behind and I laid her down. <laughs> yeah, the next day she got up and testified. She said when she came up and she spoke in tongues, and, we, and by the way, we had 100% success of people speaking in tongues. Everybody who came up received the baptism. So she had like this ball or something on her leg. She said she went down, and when she got up, it was gone. It was gone just like that. When people come up to receive the Holy Spirit, they position themselves to receive from God. So healing is easy for when people receive the baptism, they can receive, the, they can receive healing. They can receive deliverance because they posture themselves to receive. And that lady tested up and said, hey, I, this is big boy on my, it's gone. I, I went home, it was totally gone from receiving the baptism. It is the, my dream to lead millions, everybody say millions, millions. to Christ, Christ and millions into the baptism. My whole, I, I'm telling you, God has wired me this way since I was a kid. I got filled with the Holy Spirit at six, seven. And ever since I was a kid, I always had a desire. I would buy, at the time, I'm dating myself, CDs of gospel artists who get caught up in the Spirit and speak in tongues. I said, oh, they speak in a tongue? I love them even more so. i never forget this, this one little CD by Tremaine Hawkins. And um, it was called Live Tremaine, and it has a song Potter's House on it. And, and in the CD, she's praying in tongues, and, and that excited me. And my dad said, you're just excited because they're speaking in tongues. I was like, yes, I was just, it's, this is wonderful. It's just wonderful. And I don't think we have done much with the baptism. And I'm like, man, my dream is to lead millions to Christ and lead them all into the baptism and to effectively pastor KLM. That is my desire. It's like, I want people to get to know God better. Whenever God can use me to lead Muslims to Christ and Muslims can get filled with the Holy Spirit and turn around in the same week, serve as my armor bearer, God is at work. Yeah, amen. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, God wants to visit people with salvation, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, get them plugged in the church so they can grow and flourish. And I, and I declare every church I go to, I add value to that church. People get saved. People get filled. People join. Glory to God. Let me pray over your dreams. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray. Stand up. Just stand up by faith. Stand up by faith. And I'm going to pray over your dreams. I want you to get your dreams in your heart and your mind right now. I don't know what they are. Raise your hands up. I don't know if what kind of, I, I'm hearing businesses. I'm hearing different things. Whatever God has placed in your heart, I'm going to pray over your dreams. Father, I pray for everybody on the sound of my voice that they would win the war on their dreams. Spirit of the living God, rise up on the inside of them. Anoint them. Give them supernatural wisdom <coughs> to win this war on their dreams. I speak to the dreams that you have placed in their heart. Whether it was a dream when you first got saved, whether it was a dream when you was a little kid, I speak to these dreams and I say, live, flourish, and bring the resources for them to live off of their dreams. You said, Father, they that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. They that 
are in the will of God should live by the will of God. And I thank you that they, their dreams will finance their lives and their lifestyle. You have limited God to your job, but he says, don't limit him to your job. Your job is not the source. It's a channel. He is the source. And so he got more ways to get you money than your job will ever have. You may stay in a job for 30 years, but God has ways to make you have multiple streams to, to, to fuel the dreams that he's given you. If you can pray in tongues, pray in spirit. Let's pray in the spirit. Think about the words that you're saying. Honor those words. Zandore, Zambiki, Inzizo, Doramba, Zandombre, Bamba, Bokon Shandamba, Zambambre. Now, now let, stop. I just heard this. I heard this. Mambre. Zandebikin Durum Boko Shandombre. You Gabrikis and Damba. Hadden a Belko Shando on them bake. Nitsin Damba Bambre. You gotta get your mind right. Zamba, if your dreams are to come to fruition, you have to get your mind right. Some of y'all haven't been thinking right. It's, some of it is thinking small. And some of it is wrong thinking. There are strongholds that the enemy has planted in your mind. And once you have received the deliverance that the Lord has already accomplished, you'll be able to fulfill the dreams that is placed in your heart. Your dreams are closer than you think. Some of y'all think so far off into the future that you have suppressed the dream. But the Lord says it's right there in front of you. If you'll step into the anointing, step into the flow, you'll realize you'll be right in the middle of the dream. You'll say, well, when I get out of debt, I'll step into it. And the Lord says, small thinking. For I will lead you even in the midst of your mess into the dreams that I've called you to. Glory to God. Come on, let's give God some praise. Don't clap. Don't clap. Because I think sometimes we think God just performed, but he just spoke a word. Now let's just receive it in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Man of God, woman of God, live. Man and woman, God, fulfill that dream. Then, Mama, you have been empowered by the Spirit of God, by the Word. You already know what to do. So do it. Walk in the light that you have, and more will be given. Thank you, Lord. Some of it is that you got to prepare physically. Some of it has to be prepared with your knowledge. Others has to be prepared financially. But don't limit God. He wants to push you. The Spirit of God wants to push you into that dream to this day. You can, you can take one step into the dream right now. So as an act of your faith, as a point of contact, I want you to step, take one step. I know it's not a lot of space. Let's take one step forward. You just stepped into a new season 
Amen. One step closer to your dreams. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now give God praise for that. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.